0: Hello, Radical Massage Therapists. Uh, my name is Krista. I'm a registered massage therapist in Ottawa, Canada. And my guest today is Elle Browning. Elle Browning is an executive business coach. She graduated from NYU in 2016. She's a licensed massage therapist and entrepreneur with over a decade of experience in the wellness industry. She offers coaching programs to teach body workers and holistic practitioners how to build their own online businesses. Through her work, she connects her clients to greater support, community, and resources. It's her mission to empower holistic practitioners to change the world by creating sustainable and profitable healing businesses. So that is exactly what I believe our listeners are here for. Elle, welcome to the Radical RMT. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really really excited to talk with you. I'm very excited to chat with you too. Um, I'm usually I'm most of the time very nervous about just interviewing somebody talking on these on these podcasts. No matter how many episodes I've done, I always want it to be a good episode uh, for a good experience for both of us and then um, it'll have a lot to take away for the listeners as well but I'm hoping I think I feel like today it's going to be a little bit more relaxed I feel like you're a very calm chill person you're very experienced in the online space I've already had wonderful conversation with you earlier um, I think this month actually we're still in the same same month so um, yeah it was, I really enjoyed that conversation and, and I hope that it'll just flow from here.
1: Me too. We were talking about our dog earlier and just (laughs) hold on one second. Um, Uh, I feel the same way. So hopefully maybe that broke the ice. We don't have to to be perfect. Um, I loved our conversation earlier this month. So I'm so excited to get into it with you today. I think it's going to be a really great chat.
0: Great. So uh, the focus for today, I really want to touch on is creating an online business for massage therapists and what that would look like you know, for for different massage therapists, healers, body workers, um, and why we might feel stuck on on actually getting ourselves online when we feel like we are such a hands-on profession. I feel like that is a huge uh, stumbling block for us. So I know we're going to discuss some of the ways that that we can bring our skills online. And you are a licensed massage therapist and you used to own your own practice as well. And you, you build that up uh, to be a, like a mega success as well. Correct. Yeah. I, I I will own that. Yes, it
1: was successful. Yes. I had a massage therapy company that I built really from the ground up, you know, as my first business. Um, it started as a small private practice that I did part-time while working for somebody else. And then I grew it into like a multi-location lots of corporate accounts, but we also did, you know, one-on-one in office hands-on therapeutic massage as well. So yeah, I learned so, so much from the experience of owning that business, um, which I then sold to one of my team members, but, um, yeah, I mean I can I can talk about it forever because I think there's so many things we can do with our gifts and skills as massage therapists and mm-hmm. I love talking about the possibilities of how how much we can do with these gifts, how far we can reach because it can go beyond just, you know, one-on-one work in the office.
0: Yeah, that's really um, I mean Great to be reminded about for sure. So, how did you go from the brick and mortar business? Like you said, you sold it, but then how, what was like, did you know you wanted to transition to teaching and like coaching and online?
1: I did. I did. Okay. So, so I imagine some other folks can maybe relate to this who are listening, but I think when you're a massage therapist, and particularly, um, well, I think this goes for a lot of us, I think. I think throughout our career, we're always looking to deepen our skills. Like I've spoken with so many massage therapists um, in my previous business and current one where everyone's sort of like looking for the next way to, I think, keep things interesting, to provide even better quality services to the people that we serve. And so for me, my career trajectory was sort of like I was always building, you know, and I found that I was accomplishing goals faster than I thought. And so when I was in massage school, I thought my big goal was like, well, I'll just have a private practice. It'll be like, you know, my own business and I'll have a full book and that'll be great. And then that happened in three years. And I was like, okay, well, what now? And I was like, well, I'll hire one person and so on and so forth. So part of the reason I got into coaching was because I was finding that twofold, one in my work in the office with clients um, I was seeing the limitations of my scope of practice. And I people were coming into my office talking about I mean, you you know how it goes tell you your whole life yeah. story, all the trauma, all the hopes, the dreams, the challenges, and I felt ill equipped to be able to speak to those. So that's when I enrolled in the NYU coaching program because I thought I need to I need to supplement my knowledge base here. And what was really interesting, what I found in that program, it was amazing. And I recommend to anyone who wants to become a coach who's a massage therapist, go for it. What I found was that so often what we already do as massage therapists goes hand in hand with coaching and what they teach in coaching. It's about staying within your scope of practice, asking thoughtful questions that aren't leading questions, learning how to actively listen, learning how to reflect back to your client, um, week by week, working with clients towards a specific goal, um, and holding space for that. And so I'm like massage therapists are like natural coaches, Mm. but so the coaching was twofold in terms of growing that business. Um, so it was for not only my hands-on clients, but it was also for my team. I wanted to learn how to be a better leader. And I started, um, part of my business model was teaching my team of massage therapists, how to build their own private practices, because I felt like in business, I'm always looking for the win, win, win for everybody. I think, I think in good business deals, everybody wins. And for my team, I wanted them to have more than just a paycheck. I wanted them to have some sort of personal investment in showing up And being part of the team. And so for me, that was mentoring and coaching them. So that's sort of how I started to think about like, maybe I want, maybe there's more to just a brick and mortar practice. Maybe I can start, you know, teaching some of these other skills that I know about, like business development, um, beyond just my local community and maybe serve online. So that's sort of how, and this was over the course of many years, you know, as an evolution.
0: Yeah. I love that you turned your experience on, on your um, on your team to, in order, and I mean, like, that's, I feel like that's something that I would do as well. And I know a lot of um, business owners want their teams to succeed. Uh, and then there's a lot of practitioners and business owners that want their um their team to stay. Um, be, so if they feel like if they help them grow and develop and they develop like they learn these new skills, then there's a chance that they're going to go off and flourish on their own, which is not a bad thing at all. Um, but especially if you've got the right mindset um, about their success. Um, but yeah, that's really awesome of you that you you shared that knowledge and you were able to you know help them build their practice. So they were building their practices within your practice. Um, so they were
1: separate. So we of course had like a non-compete where they couldn't take clients that I had brought in and build their own. Um, but they were generally, um, you know, more than two miles away from where my, you know, my businesses were and there was a non-compete agreement, but what I found, and this is interesting, like, I think in, in the massage profession, there's a certain rate of turnover with massage therapists. And so it was sort of counterintuitive because you would think, oh, well, if you like teach someone how to build their own, they're going to leave yeah. you. But most of my therapists stayed for at least three years, um, sometimes more. And I found that they were more enthusiastic about showing up to work when there was yeah. something in it for them, you know? Yeah. And I feel like in general, in business, usually when I have a hunch where um again, it's the win-win for everybody. And, and I think the impulse to be like generous with, with knowledge has never the impulse to share that has never, um, done me wrong, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Good. Good. Um, so how can massage therapists benefit, um, kind of benefit from like creating online courses or group coaching programs, and how can then this turn around and benefit their clients?
1: Oh, totally. So, so many
0: things. The first point I want to make with this
1: is that I think massage therapists have so many more gifts and skills and talents than we give ourselves credit for. Um, There's over the years of your personal and professional experience as a massage therapist, you you know, most of the massage therapists I know, have a knowledge base that goes way beyond the hands-on work that they can mm-hmm. provide to clients. Um, so I think part of the way having an online program or um, you know, a coaching program can benefit massage therapists is it gives them an additional income stream where they're getting to use some of these gifts and skills and talents that they use with their hands-on massage clients, but they aren't limited to being physically present with them. So some examples are like, I have a student who, um, her client base for her brick and mortar business is people with fibromyalgia, but she is building a group program for women with fibromyalgia to help them reduce flare-ups on their own at home. So like, you know, her practice is in like upstate New York, but now she can work with clients around the country and around the world to help them get results. And I've had other clients um, who teach business development skills to other massage therapists. You know, they've had success building their own practice and they help others to do the same. So it benefits the massage therapist because they have broader reach and they're able to still do really meaningful work um, Mm -hmm. that also has the potential to bring in significantly more income as well. And then it's great for clients because they can be served by professionals who have expertise expertise with exactly what these clients need, but it's not limited to a physical location.
0: Right. It's yeah. much
1: more accessible. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love the potential, like the income and just helping to broaden the reach. Um, and like, so also why would like... Why should, do you also feel like this is, this is something that massage therapists, um, or maybe I should rephrase, like, do you feel this is something that massage therapists and body workers should actually be seriously considering? Like, it's one, it's one thing, like, you know, even before you start to sort of get a little bit uh, antsy about your career and looking for that next thing, like, do you feel like this is something that we should really be looking at like now?
1: I think it depends on the person. I think it really does. Um, you know, I know some body workers. I'm thinking, in particular, like some structural integration practitioners that work well into you know their 70s, um, and they enjoy the hands-on work, and that's really what they want to do. That's what they want to continue doing. And so, in that instance, I would say, you know, don't. If if you fall into that category of someone where like you know that hands-on body work is your passion and you plan on doing it well into your 60s and 70s, then I think go for it. And people tend to know when they're like, yeah, that's me. I really have no interest in teaching or doing anything online. And so I honor that because I think um, tuning into what inspires us and what motivates us um, leads us down the, the path we're meant to go down. But I think for folks who maybe are massaging and they're like, I'm a little bored or, you know, I know I'm a really good teacher, but I just don't know how to get started. Or I love holding space for groups and i just don't have the ability to do that in my one-on-one practice and i would say yeah absolutely consider consider um you don't have to completely change careers but maybe supplementing and adding to yep. your skill set and adding an income stream it's for me it's really all about connecting people with their passions and their gifts and their skills and how to get those moving and yep. and out into the world
0: yeah Okay. That's great. So what would be, I know you touched on, on one of them, I believe, but like, what would be some of the signs then that maybe a massage therapist or body worker healer would be ready for coaching or to start developing their own online course?
1: It's such a great question. Um, One is I think if you're finding yourself at work and um, you're being presented with questions that you um, so if you have a lot of clients who are coming in with the same problems and issues and you find yourself repeating yourself a lot with the same thing, that's okay. probably something that you could teach. Um, if you find yourself at work and you're bored and you're like, I just, you know, I've been, I'm, I'm really good at this, I'm doing this for a long time, but I'm looking for something more. I think that's, that is definitely a sign that it's time to find something else that is maybe challenging, maybe out of your comfort zone. Um, And this is a a transitional point that I see in a lot of body workers is like they're bored, they're wanting something new. And sometimes that boredom is because the thing you've been doing, you do really, really well. You have expertise and that expertise can be translated into something that you teach.
0: Okay, Neat. I like that. Um, so what kinds then of on, online programs can massage therapists um, can, can they teach? So, you know, we're bored, we were experts at what we do, and now we want to take it online, but then, you know, we work with our hands where we're used to having somebody in the room with us. So what are some of the, the ways that we can teach or how, what can we teach online? Yeah,
1: totally. This is a question I get a lot and I get it because we're like, oh, this is a hands-on profession. How do we do that remotely? So what I typically see is that it falls into two categories. One is um, business to business and the other is business to client. And I'll explain that in a second. Business to business would be, okay, you're a massage therapist. What skills, what can you teach to another business owner that would be helpful for their business? So this is where I see, for example, um, one of my former students built a a course around how to teach mobile massage therapists how to create mobile massage practices specifically. Um, You can look at me. I teach massage therapists how to create online courses. So that would be an example of a business-to-business, where our clients are other business owners, and what we're teaching benefits their business. And then when they pay us for the course, it's a write-off. It's a business expense, right? Yeah. Um, the other, the other thing that I see is business-to-client. So it's more like as a massage therapist, you're serving. Um, maybe not your exact same clients in your brick and mortar, which I can get into in a minute, but more so the kind, like what is your niche? Who is your ideal client? And so the fibromyalgia example is a good one. And um, another one would be, for example, if you have um, certifications of working with people around trauma and the ways that trauma is embodied and say you work with Mm. folks with complex PTSD and things like that you can create a course or a program where you are working online to work with that same population. But instead of doing hands-on work, you're taking some of the soft skills, maybe some Mm -hmm. of the other practices that can be done remotely, like breath work, like self-massage and self-care, like um, meditation, honestly, a lot of mindset work, because I think we all know that when we have worked with a lot of clients in person, Often the thing that gets the shift is not necessarily the hands-on work. It's the combination of looking at lifestyle, looking at mindset, looking at how are you nurturing yourself outside of our sessions. And those things don't require hands-on work and they don't require yeah. you. Yeah, you can do that work remotely and you can create programs around that. So that's more of the business to client okay. So having a massage therapist teach more so clients.
0: Love it. I'm just going to go yeah. separate the dogs. Yeah, so. yeah, go for it. Thank you. <laughs> ways of learning we're, we're taking turns my dog
1: was really <laughs> acting out the first like five ten minutes of our chat so all good
0: no worries okay so I love that so it's the business to business or business to client I love that and um what about can we branch off um and just kind do you do you also teach perhaps maybe a massage therapist has developed other skills outside of massage And now they want to take that online as well.
1: It's a great, great question. And I actually meant to include it too. So we have business to business, business to client. And then there's also, you know, I find a lot of massage therapists also have other skills. For example, I mean, so many massage therapists I know are also creatives, like they're artists, Mm -hmm. they're writers, um, they do crafting. And those are skills that you can teach. There's nothing that says what you do has to, like what you teach has to relate to your massage license. Right. In some ways it's actually better if it doesn't. So I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to say more about that?
0: No, no, no. Just. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think, I think, and that honestly can help, um, sort of separating those two in a way can, can help in terms of like legal issues and things involving your license with your Mm -hmm. local jurisdiction. So for example, if you're an oil painter, and you've been doing that for like 15, 20 years, you could teach a beginner oil painting class, or you can facilitate some something around a transformational process using painting to um, accomplish like a certain inner growth objective. Like if you're a massage therapist and you're used to holding space for people go- like navigating personal transitions, mm-hmm. um, you can combine that with other skills to create a course where you're just holding space for people to do self-exploration. Like, doesn't yeah. have to be rocket science, and often the most successful things are the things that people just feel like are really fun and um, exciting. And they're like, "Can I really do that?" Yep, you totally yeah. can. You know, way more than you think you do.
0: Yeah, and I'm so. Is this part of? Um, I know you have a freebie for the listeners as well that will include. And and it was this something that they can explore on on that worksheet.
1: Absolutely. I have a free PDF guide where it helps you pick your profitable course topic in under an hour. And it's a step-by-step process. If you sit down and you do it, you can really narrow down. Um, I have you create like three options and then you can pick one out of those three, but yeah, it really asks a lot of these questions. What are you passionate about? What are you good at? What do you have experience with? What do people want to learn from you? People I'm thinking of a really random example. This isn't my business, but I was on TikTok a few weeks ago and there's a woman who braids hair and she has an online course that I think is more like automated. It's less like group coaching. It's more like you can just buy it. And she had like 500 comments on one video of people that want to learn how to braid hair from her. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's awesome. You can turn anything into a business.
0: Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And I mean, another example, just to encourage people that it doesn't have to be complicated is like um, drinking water. Like, can you help people drink more water? Yep. Like, I bet, you know, like, I bet you can. So it's just like, you can give a little like, Ticker like of how much water have you drank today? Little ideas to flavor it. Like I've seen this done before, so this is not an, a unique idea to me. But um, I mean, it just can be so simple that that people are just looking for guidance and something that is easy to us. Uh, someone out there is diff- having difficulty with it, so they just need that little that little nudge.
1: It's so true. It's so true. This like not overcomplicating it, and often what feels so simple to you is not necessarily simple or intuitive mm-hmm. to somebody else.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so, what is or some or what are some of the common challenges that massage therapists encounter when venturing into the online business world?
1: Oh yeah. There's a lot of mindset stuff. There's a, there's a lot of, um, insecurities that can come up. It's building a new business in a new arena. It's like a new marketplace. And so, um, there can be a lot of self-doubt. I often see, um, concerns coming up around visibility. Um, I think, I think with brick and mortar massage, it's really easy to build like a referral network and do word of mouth and kind of be like a best kept secret, or it's not necessarily very public. And when you go online and you have to do some form of marketing, you have to allow yourself to be seen. Mm-hmm. And um, I have so much compassion for all of us because it doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. always feel safe. You know, there's, there's things that come up a lot of times, um, around how do I feel about, about being seen and sharing my message mm-hmm. and having it be so public. Yeah. Um, but the the flip side of that is that there can actually be like a sort of transformative healing process that can happen in finding safety and visibility and using yeah. your voice and connecting with people with whom that really resonates. Like your authentic voice is actually exactly what they want to hear. And that can be really mm-hmm. validating in a
0: totally new way. Yeah. And not as and from your experience, I would also say. Um, maybe some massage therapists or, or business owners looking to go online. Um, they might see that it, re- they or feel like it requires a large following. I mean, if we go from a brick and mortar and we have a full calendar and we can feel really good about that. And then all of a sudden we go online and we might be speaking to five people on a consistent basis who seem to be watching our, our stories or, you know, you or you, they might feel like they need a large audience even to get started or to sell something, but I'm sure in your experience, you have seen success with smaller audiences. And you can also argue that we don't need a lot in order to, to make, you know, to make extra income, to get the results that you're looking for.
1: I 100% agree with you. It's totally true. It's a really common misconception to think that you need a huge following and you really, really don't. Um, my beta, um, I launched and I think this was a few years ago and I didn't even have like a formal marketing or lead generation system in place yet. Um, and, um, yeah, it was like five, a $500 course. And I think I enrolled like three people just with the most basic. And I had like, no, I had like no following yet. Um, and I think there's a difference, like, when we look at big numbers online with how many followers you have, it's different if you're gonna be like an influencer where let's say mm-hmm. you want to get paid sponsorships from other companies. Right. Well then maybe you need a certain follower count. But if you really like are just trying to sell a specific niche product to a niche market, um, sometimes it being smaller actually just makes you more relatable. Yeah. Like once you know and and more trustworthy to your audience i think it's more about authentic connection and delivering something that is close to your own heart that you have expertise in that other people actually really want to learn about and usually the trick to that is just connecting with like who you were like two or three years ago five years ago like what did you not know then that you know now well guarantee you online there's thousands of people who fit that description of like, who have those needs, like they're in the place where you were X number of years ago, just about connecting with those people, which, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously online makes that a lot easier and the numbers don't have to be big. It just has to, the message just has to be resonant.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, Yeah. And you just, and just being like you said, authentic. And, and I feel like even the smaller audience, it just feels like you're more approachable. Um, People make comments because they, they know it's not being seen by millions of people. It'll just be seen by a smaller group that, that they already might know as well in the, in the real world or online world. So they're comfortable to make comments, send you messages and, and go from there. So
1: totally, it's totally true. And in some ways, even like when you first get started, if you're having calls, like sales calls to invite people into your program and have that conversation around, like, is this a good fit? Is this something that you want? Um, it's kind of easier to do when you don't have a sales team because people want to talk to you. Yeah. Right. So in some ways, yeah. Expanding and becoming a bigger company, it can actually be more difficult to make, you know, some of the initial sales.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Your business, um, so like your online business though, the website is lbrowning.com, but your Instagram and Facebook is Fearless Healer, which I'm, I don't, don't know how I came across you online necessarily to be, I feel, feel like it was another podcast that you were on that sort of led me to start to follow you. And then I was like, this name is Genius, an absolute <gasps> genius handle. I wish I thought of it. It's amazing. And I feel like it really suits you as well. So I'm but would not, you know, overall, like, yes, I, am, I wish I'd thought of it, but it doesn't suit me. It suits you. So how, how did you come up with that fearless healer? Well, one, like, thank you so
1: much for your kind words. And two, I can take no credit. It was deaf. It was another um, colleague of mine. I was in like a really um, informal group of it was when the pandemic hit and it was um, other like women healer entrepreneurs on Instagram and we sort of formed a little pod and we had this like informal networking group. And she was like, you know what you should name, (laughs) you should have the handle fearless healer. Cause I think it just used to be like at L. Browning. And I was like, I love it. It's available. I'm taking it. And then what's so interesting, I want to use this as a teachable moment. What's so interesting is that I chose that name at the time. It was like, oh, it sounds cool. And I, you know, I like it. And then with that as my handle, I have had, I can't tell you, like over the years, I've had so many examples where I'm like, I don't feel that way at all. I actually feel really insecure. I'm actually really doubting myself right now. I don't feel fearless. I feel very fearful. Um, and so I think it's been um, like an aspirational handle for me to be mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, like I want to, I want to continue to like stick to my guns and and have courage. Because I do think, um, to my point early, earlier, like having visibility online, it can make it feel like every quote-unquote like failure is very public and the truth is I don't think anybody really cares like you know like it matters no. way more to us like nobody yeah. cares um so in a way yeah it's been like an
0: aspirational handle um yeah and yeah I love yeah. it. Um, here comes a Tim Ferriss moment for my listeners because it usually gets mentioned at least once. Um, so he has a, he tr- experimented with a TV show called Fearless, but that less was in kind of those like squiggly brackets. So it was sort of this like just fear, like fearless. So yeah, it was a great. That. Yeah. So it was I love um, that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He spoke, you know, spoke to really uh, inspiring individuals doing, you know, outrageous outrageous things so yeah in your in your in your handle as well like i i love like the vulnerability and that you know that realism that yeah like that's your handle but that's not how you feel 24 7. And definitely yeah. not <laughs> definitely so. not
1: and i think i have to like i just want to shout out like anyone who is trying anything new or experimenting like with your career with your business i give you major props because i think like that's how we learn that's how that's that's true creativity like everything new is created by taking a chance on something that like is new to you or you haven't done before and i think um it I think it can feel, especially if you're like a solopreneur, it can feel really isolating in a way, mm-hmm. or you're like, you don't, you don't know if this is working or not, but like everybody feels that way. Everyone like has insecurities and is uncertain sometimes. And I like to remind myself, um, I forget who said it, but it was some podcast I was listening to, and I think it was Stacy Bayman. I like her podcast. Um, but she was like Like, you know, every, every success that we see, like publicly, say like another online personality or coach or influencer, Mm -hmm. it's built on a mountain of failures. Oh yeah. Failures, right? Like things that didn't work out the way you planned. Um, And, but like, that's, that's like business. That's actually how you become successful. It's a lot of trial and error. So um, sometimes if I'm having a bad day, I remind myself of that too. And I'm like, it actually is an achievement just to like fail at something, but like Mm -hmm. learn from it and make improvements so that next time things will go better. And I think that's just entrepreneurship. People don't talk about it a lot because it doesn't sound like I have all the answers and I'm very confident. The truth is like, nobody is where everyone's always learning, you know?
0: Yeah. So one of the reasons why you, you know, you've created these coaching programs and, um, you love to connect with healers. Um, you love to help people discover their gifts and find their purpose that comes from a, a personal experience that you've had that sort of lit you up to, you know, to, to help more, more people. Can you share your story on that? Oh yeah, sure. I think, um, I guess technically it's a few
1: stories, but I'll sort of sum it up. So, so, um, I lost my dad when I was 16 and then my younger brother, who's like my best friend, um, three and a half years ago. And it was very sudden losses, um, like heart disease, we didn't know about. So like here one day and gone the next. And, um, I think that just, has always made a really big impression on me. Like, we don't know how much time we have here and mm-hmm. um, I want to make it count um, without having, you know, my entire life be like a reaction to the deaths. Like, it's not that, but it's right. more like, I don't, you know, I, I could maybe not be here tomorrow. So, you know, how do I strike that balance between hoping and trusting, you know, maybe I'll live to 90 or hundred, but mm-hmm. then also, you know, maybe not. And if that's the case, like, how can I live today with integrity, doing work that I love, but also leaving some sort of impact on the world for the better? Like, I would like, Mm -hmm. I would like to leave the world a little, just a pinch better than I found it. And like, Mm -hmm. how do I do that in a way where um, I'm also not like squandering every day, like working towards something like nose to the grindstone, like, you know, so like striking that balance between like, what is it that I love to do that brings me joy? but that's also of service to the world um mm-hmm. and gives me time to like play and have fun and that's part of why i'm big on like helping body workers build some build some work online too because it gives you more time freedom and more income mm-hmm. to be able to do things like that
0: yeah absolutely and just the ability to keep growing um learning new new skills to, like learning more about yourself um there is you know uh, there's no greater uh, self discovery than being an entrepreneur as you touched on earlier it's so, so true right yeah right I think
1: of it as like a sacred journey in a way it's like it's it's the hero's journey right yeah and it's like the failures that I was talking about and then and then you gather tools and resources and mm-hmm. finally you know learn something so yeah but I'm I'm really um very much focused on you know In a way, it's almost like honoring my dad and honoring my brother. Like I'm gonna do something really good with my life and um, you know, enjoy it, honestly. Just really like enjoying our lives. I feel like that's a huge part of what it's about and finding work that that sustains that.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing. That was really, really lovely. Um, and I'm sorry for for your loss. Um, but I'm, you know, it's wonderful that you have, you know, turned it into to so, uh, you know so like you said you want to contribute you want to you want to do them proud and uh and you know move forward with your life um as well and, and be a be a light so that is awesome Ooh, speaking of light, good segue
1: yeah yay
0: me um, I, see what you did there. <laughs> I didn't even try <laughs> um so you it. do aura painting I do um, tell me more about this because I've seen examples on online and you sometimes you know ask your audience if they would like an aura painting um, when you're feeling inspired um, so how how did this come up and I'll, I'll, I'll share examples as well of, of what these aura paintings look like um but yeah share Oh, that'd be so fun. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So I
1: have been seeing auras since, I mean, as long as I can remember, like my parents said, as soon as I learned my colors, I was associating colors with people. Um, and so to me, it doesn't feel like any special gift kind of thing. I'm like, Oh, it's just like, it's just like a normal, whatever, but I'm like weird, um, or different. Um, so, I think my whole life, I always, um, like studied art and wanted to learn how to, how to like paint and, um, and, and draw and all this, because I think I was always just trying to show people what I see because people are so beautiful and, and a lot of times totally unaware that I'm like, you, like you are literally emitting a light that is the most beautiful color. And so, um, my whole life I've been like really trying to approximate, like showing what I'm seeing and showing energy. And then, um, technology now is at a point where I can make it look exactly like what it looks like using like procreate and an iPad. And I'm totally nerding out over it. I'm like, this is guys this is the thing like this is what I'm trying to show you this is exactly the shade this is exactly what it looks like so um practicing what I preach I'm like follow the thread of what inspires you and what you're passionate mm-hmm. about so um I've been doing like for fun um or portraits as like a passion project um So I'm, I'm in the process actually of creating a new offer. It hasn't launched yet, but sort of combining my different skills and talents right now, I'm just doing the portraits and a little reading, but I think I'm going to probably turn it into like, we could do some one-on-one like meet for an hour and I can read your aura and tell you about it, but then we can talk also about like getting you resources for your journey and like what's standing in the way between you know, where you are now and where you want to be, and then mm-hmm. sort of like depicting that visually as well. So having yeah. a conversation that's really like highlighting all of your gifts, all of the things that make you who you are and beautiful and strong and um, creating yeah. a path to get there. So I'll let you know when it launches, but that's my, yeah. but for right now I'm just doing, you know, or portraits for fun. Cause I love it. Yeah. I that's really love awesome. it. And it's like, it goes hand in hand with this um, online business of, business yeah. coaching too, because it really is ultimately just about like reflecting back to people, the light that they bring yeah. and saying, how can you get out of the way and just, yeah. and just let it rip, like just yeah. go for it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so um can I ask you more questions about like the aura? And then so sure. as a massage therapist, you know, obviously you might not disclose that to your client that you could see their aura, but ha- has that had an impact positive or negative on sometimes how you were treating? And, and then part two to that would be have you seen it change throughout the treatment or uh, after the mm-hmm. treatment? Yeah. So um so that's such a great question.
1: Um Yes, I absolutely sort of like use it as just another piece of information with clients. Mm -hmm. Um, If I were to overly generalize, usually when folks come in, their aura is like closer to their body. And then by the time they leave, it's further away. Um, I've also seen some really interesting stuff in sessions. It started in massage school. um, But I would see um, sometimes like a hand, like the silhouette of a hand in like the aura color, like on someone's body or just like, a sort of like a shaft of light, not coming yeah. from a window, but right. like yeah, yeah. a certain color, like a purple or a green come and just sort of hover over or around a person's body. And yeah. I'm like, I don't know what's happening, but it's cool. <laughs> like I, I have stories in my head of what I think is happening, but I don't know. Um, and then that color will like merge with the, with the client's aura and sometimes like make the aura bigger. Um, generally like when people are feeling threatened or fearful, the aura gets really close to the body. And when they feel really safe or inspired or in a flow state, Mm -hmm. um, the aura gets bigger. So, um, sometimes the colors change a little bit, um, in session, but, um, often not. And I'll often see in sessions, like, um, usually, either for in terms of like assisting colors or like these shafts of light that come in I'll usually see it in um purple and green but then the last several years there's been a blue color that shows up and what's really interesting is I see some of those colors in the auras of like other massage therapists oh neat and it's almost like a tip like if someone has one of those colors I'm like I see you. I'm like, okay. i like I. I see. I see what you're into. Like yeah, you're yeah, my people. <laughs> you my yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, I try to. Um, how to put it? Um, it's like useful information, but that I try not to. um, I try. I try to like loosely, gently incorporate it or, or have it inform things and not be some hard, and fast diagnostic, because I feel like yeah. it is subjective. And I'm never, I'm like, well, this is just what I see. Like, who knows? Yeah. You know, maybe it's entirely a projection of my yeah. mind. I don't know, but it's yeah. interesting. And I will say just one to I'll add this one interesting yeah. tidbit. I have in my entire life and in my entire career, I have only ever seen one person that I consistently worked with for many years. And this person did not have a visible aura and it freaked me Ooh. out. I was like, I don't see anything around here. Okay. I'm like, this is perplexing. So I told myself that they probably just didn't want to be seen. Cause that's the thing too. Sometimes oh, people don't yeah. want to be seen. Yeah. They okay. They don't show it, but I was like, yeah. Oh, this is wild. Yeah. It's yeah. Crazy. Awesome.
0: Interesting stuff though. And then I have, so then another, that's with massage clients. How, um, how about when you're working with like business clients, um, either online or in person, can you see conflict? Can you see, um, when they're not aligned? Like, does that reflect in the aura as well when they're, you know, they're in the middle of life decisions and they're trying to decide which direction to go? Yeah. So, um, so I
1: I can see it. Luckily, I can see it online and in photos. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see auras via Zoom. I can see yours right now. Beautiful. Sweet. Um, so, but beautiful. So I don't usually see, um, I'll, I'll tell you what I do see. In terms of conflict, I don't know about that so much. I can see if people are feeling fearful or afraid, um, the aura comes in tighter. Mm-hmm. So for example, if someone's like really, really nervous about presenting something that they actually right. don't really want to do, It'll get closer to the body. Um, and and the flip side of that is when, you know, my students are talking about something they're really animated about, passionate about, their aura's just popping. It's just right, like right. it's extending out. And so sometimes I'll be like that. I'll use that as a moment to highlight. I don't necessarily yeah. talk about the aura, but I'm like, okay, let's press pause here. The thing you're talking about, the thing that you're getting to, this is fruitful. Like the energy is right. literally flowing with this. And Come my on. hunch is that I don't, like I think whether or not, you know other human beings are consciously aware they can see or sense energy or not I think it translates like mm-hmm. I think on mm-hmm. some subconscious level yeah. like we understand when someone's like in that flow state when, when yeah. the aura is popped out like that's what's yeah. resonant with your ideal clients so I'll usually yeah. like highlight that um and sometimes I'll see like little like sort of I think of them as like thought bubbles come in. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'll see like a yellow orb or something get closer to someone's head. And that's often, it's like they're thinking of an idea and the closer it gets to their head, then they'll start articulating what the idea yeah, is. Me. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. <sighs> I'm like, I'm guessing that's what that is. I don't know for sure, but that's yeah. cool. So when I see that happen, I just try and shut up and I'm like, I'll just let you, I'll just let you talk this through. <laughs> it's on its way, it's coming, so. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, we uh, we had an instructor in massage school who could see um she you know, she can see m- more. She's very intuitive and she would sometimes call us out if we were thinking too much about a question or uh, on the exam- exams <laughs> so or something funny. or in in like uh, yeah, she'd be like wow. she'd just call you out. She'd be like you're thinking about it too much. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's cool. That's very yeah. cool neat very neat um well I certainly appreciate your time um have we covered um enough to take like take away for now for massage therapists to uh want to learn more from you about about coaching about building an online course perhaps exploring what that online course would be. Um, so we have that free PDF um, that I will link in this episode and on the website. And then how can people reach out to you and learn more more about about what you do that is so wonderful? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can find me on Facebook
1: at L Browning. You can DM me there. You can also find me on Instagram and TikTok at fearless healer or my website lbrowning.com.
0: Awesome. Great. Any last comments, anything that you would like to share with the audience? I would like to share that if you're listening and you are thinking
1: that um, you're wanting to move forward with maybe sharing your gifts in a new way, maybe expanding your reach, expanding your audience, um, please consider it. Whether or not it involves an online course or has anything to do with ever talking to me, please consider it. Like The world needs what you have to share. Um, and if it brings you joy, go for it. I hope you do. I hope you take this as a sign to just just go for it. Live into it. I love that expression. Like your calling is calling you. So oh, yeah. listen listen to it. Go do the thing.
0: Great. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode, L. I I hope you have Thank a you. great Thank day. Thank you
1: so much, Krista. I really appreciate it.